section one of a color notation by albert henry mansell this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by avai in march two thousand seventeen part one chapter one color names writing from samoa to sydney colvin in london stevenson says Perhaps in the same way it might amuse you to send us any pattern of wallpaper that might strike you as cheap, pretty and suitable for a room in a hot and extremely bright climate. It should be borne in mind that our climate can be extremely dark, too. Our sitting-room is to be in varnished wood. The room I have particularly in mind is a sort of bed and sitting-room, pretty large, lit on three sides and the colour in favour of its proprietor at present is a topazi yellow but then with what colour to relieve it for a little workroom of my own at the back i should rather like to see some patterns of unglossy well i'll be hanged if i can describe this red it's not turkish and it's not roman and it's not indian but it seems to partake of the last two, and yet it can't be either of them because it ought to be able to go with vermilion. Ah, what a tangled web we weave! Anyway, with what brains you have left, choose me and send me some, many, patterns of the exact shade. Where could be found a more delightful cry for some rational way to describe colour? He wants a topazi yellow, and a red that is not Turkish, nor Roman, nor Indian, but that seems to partake of the last two, and yet it can't be either of them. As a cap to the climax comes his demand for patterns of the exact shade. Thus one of the clearest and most forceful writers of English finds himself unable to describe the colour he wants. And why? simply because popular language does not clearly state a single one of the three qualities united in every colour, and which must be known before one may even hope to convey his colour conceptions to another. The incongruous and bizarre nature of our present colour names must appear to any thoughtful person. Baby blue, peacock blue, Nile green, apple green, lemon yellow, straw yellow, rose-pink, heliotrope, royal purple, magenta, solferino, plum and automobile are popular terms, conveying different ideas to different persons and utterly failing to define colours. The terms used for a single hue, such as pea-green, sea-green, olive-green, grass-green, sage-green, evergreen, invisible-green, are not to be trusted in ordering a piece of cloth. They invite mistakes and disappointment. Not only are they inaccurate, they are inappropriate. Can we imagine musical tones called lark, canary, cockatoo, crow, cat, dog, or mouse, because they bear some distant resemblance to the cries of those animals? See paragraph 131. Colour needs a system. Music is equipped with a system by which it defines each sound in terms of its pitch, intensity and duration, 
without dragging in loose allusions to the endlessly varying sounds of nature so should colour be supplied with an appropriate system based on the hue value and chroma of our sensations and not attempting to describe them by the indefinite and varying colours of natural objects the system now to be considered portrays the three dimensions of colour and measures each by an appropriate scale it does not rest upon the whim of an individual but upon physical measurements made possible by special colour apparatus the results may be tested by anyone who comes to the problem with a clear mind a good eye and a fair supply of patience clear mental images make clear speech vague thoughts find vague utterance the child gathers flowers hoards coloured beads chases butterflies and begs for the gaudiest painted toys at first his strong colour sensations are sufficiently described by the simple terms of red colour green blue and purple but he soon sees that some are light while others are dark and later comes to perceive that each hue has many greyer degrees now if he wants to describe a particular red such as that of his faded cap he is not content to merely call it red since he is aware of other red objects which are very unlike it so he gropes for means to define this particular red and having no standard of comparison no scale by which to estimate he hesitatingly says it is a sort of dull red thus early is he cramped by the poverty of colour language he has never been given an appropriate word for this colour quality and has to borrow one signifying the opposite of sharp which belongs to edge tools rather than to colours most colour terms are borrowed from other senses when his older sister refers to the tone of her green dress or speaks of the key of colour in a picture he is naturally confused because tone and key are terms associated in his mind with music it may not be long before he will hear that a colour note has been pitched too high or that a certain artist paints in a minor key all these terms lead to mixed and indefinite ideas and leave him unequipped for the clear expression of colour qualities musical art is not so handicapped it has an established scale with measured intervals and definite terms likewise coloristic art must establish a scale measure its intervals and name its qualities in unmistakable fashion color has three dimensions it may sound strange to say that color has three dimensions but it is easily proved by the fact that each of them can be measured thus in the case of the boy's faded cap its redness or hue is determined by one instrument the amount of light in the red which is its value is found by another instrument while still a third instrument determines the purity or chroma of the red the omission of any of these three qualities leaves us in doubt as to the character of a colour just as truly as the character of the studio 
would remain undefined if the length were omitted and we described it as twenty-two feet wide by fourteen feet high the imagination would be free to ascribe any length it chose from twenty-five to one hundred feet this length might be differently conceived by every individual who tried to supply the missing factor to illustrate the tridimensional nature of colors suppose we peel an orange and divide it in five parts leaving the sections slightly connected below figure four then let us say that all the reds we have ever seen are gathered in one of the sections all yellows in another all greens in the third blues in the fourth and purples in the fifth next we will assort these hues in each section so that the lightest are near the top and grade regularly to the darkest near the bottom a white wafer connects all the sections at the top and a black wafer may be added beneath see plate one the fruit is then filled with assorted colors graded from white to black according to their values and disposed by their hues in the five sections a slice near the top will uncover light values in all hues and a slice near the bottom will find dark values in the same hues a slice across the middle discloses a circuit of hues all of middle value that is midway between the extremes of white and black two color dimensions are thus shown in the orange and it remains to exhibit the third which is called chroma or strength of color to do this we have only to take each section in turn and without disturbing the values already assorted shove the grayest in towards the narrow edge and grade outward to the purest on the surface each slice across the fruit still shows the circuit of hues in one uniform value but the strong chromas are at the outside while grayer and grayer chromas make a gradation inward to neutral gray at the center where all trace of color disappears the thin edges of all sections unite in a scale of gray from black to white no matter what hue each contains the curved outside of each section shows its particular hue graded from black to white and should the section be cut at right angles to the thin edge it would show the third dimension chroma for the color is graded evenly from the surface to neutral gray a pin stuck in at any point traces the third dimension a color sphere can be used to unite the three dimensions of hue value and chroma having used the familiar structure of the orange as a help in classifying colors let us substitute a geometric solid like a sphere and make use of geographical terms the north pole is white the south pole is black the equator is a circuit of middle reds yellows greens blues and purples parallels above the equator describe this circuit in lighter values and parallels below trace it in darker values the vertical axis joining black and white is a neutral scale of gray values while perpendiculars to it like a pin thrust into the orange are scales of chroma 
thus our color notations may be brought into an orderly relation by the color sphere any color describes its light and strength by its location in the solid or on the surface and is named by its place in the combined scales of hue value and chroma two dimensions fail to describe a color much of the popular misunderstanding of color is caused by ignorance of these three dimensions or by an attempt to make two dimensions do the work of three flat diagrams showing hues and values but omitting to define chromas are as incomplete as would be a map of switzerland with the mountains left out or a harbour chart without indications of the depth of water we find by aid of the measuring instruments that pigments are very unequal in this third dimension chroma producing mountains and valleys on the color sphere so that when the color system is worked out in pigments and charted some colors must be traced well out beyond the spherical surface paragraphs one hundred twenty five to one hundred twenty seven indeed a color tree is needed to display by the unequal levels and lengths of its branches the individuality of pigment colors but whatever solid or figure is used to illustrate color relations it must combine the three scales of hue value and chroma and these definite scales furnish a name for every color based upon its intrinsic qualities and free from terms purloined in other sensations or caught from the fluctuating colors of natural objects how this system describes the spectrum the solar spectrum and rainbow are the most stimulating color experiences with which we are acquainted can they be described by this solid system the lightest part of the spectrum is a narrow field of greenish yellow grading into darker red on one side and into darker green upon the other followed by still darker blue and purple upon the sphere the values of these spectral colors trace a path high up on the yellow section near white and slanting downwards across the red and green sections which are traversed near the level of the equator it goes on to cross the blue and purple well down toward black this forms an inclined circuit crossing the equator at opposite points and suggests the ecliptic or the rings of saturn see outside cover a pale rainbow would describe a slanting circuit nearer white and a dimmer one would fall within the sphere while an intensely brilliant spectrum projects far beyond the surface of the sphere so greatly is the chroma of its hues in excess of the common pigments with which we work out our problems at the outset it is well to recognize the place of the spectrum in this system not only because it is the established basis of scientific study but especially because the invariable order assumed by its hues is the only stable hint which nature affords us in her infinite color play all our color sensations are included in the color solid none are left out by its scales of hue value and chroma indeed the imagination is led to conceive and locate still purer colors than any we now possess 
such increased degrees of color sensation can be named and clearly conveyed by symbols to another person as soon as the system is comprehended. End of section 1